Welcome to the New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Be sure to check out nhtalkradio.com to get all the back episodes of the show. Posting videos of all my interviews now, too, which you can check out there, as well as uh, WKXL's YouTube page if you do a search for that. Uh, New England Take, Facebook, Twitter, we're having fun posting everything over there and having conversations on Twitter, uh, which has been getting a little bit of traction. So please be sure to follow me there. I'd appreciate it. Excited to have Richard Lavers rejoin the show. He's the Deputy Commissioner for the New Hampshire Employment Security Department. How's it going? It is great, AJ. Thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk with you and uh, talk more about the department and what's going on with New Hampshire's labor force. Yeah, it's been a few months at this point. Uh, overall, labor in, in, across the country has seen a lot of shifts going on, whether it's uh, finally governments allowing jo- uh, workplaces to reopen fully. So that aspect of it is greatly diminished, even in California, which is great to see. So they're able to start to have some people get back to work. And New Hampshire has been open for a very long time, fortunately. But we're seeing all, all sorts of uh, issues when it comes to uh, labor shortages in various industries and such. But before we dive into what's going on with the labor shortages, I mean, what's the unemployment situation currently look like in the state? Yes. So we are currently at 2.5 percent for our unemployment rate. It's about the fifth lowest rate in the country, lowest in the Northeast. Um, It just happens to be the same unemployment rate that we had prior to the pandemic hitting us in uh, early spring of 2020. But it certainly this 2.5 percent certainly feels different than the pre-pandemic 2.5%. And one of those, one of the ways it feels different uh, for employers is that the uh, labor crunch and the labor shortages um, pre-pandemic were a little bit more isolated um, where, you know, healthcare was having uh, some big problems um, at, at that point of time, really, uh, you know, you couldn't find enough uh, of those healthcare positions, nurses um, of all levels, Um, And now we fast forward to where we are here in 2022 at 2.5%. Again, those those labor force issues and the uh, demands of employers for workers uh, feel to be much more spread out across all of our employment sectors in the state. Um, We we hear, we see this um, with employers in manufacturing, um, employers in uh, finance, employers um, in professional and technical fields, um, and uh, certainly in our, in our healthcare sector, uh, continuing to um, struggle in retail and so forth. So it's much more widespread. Um, so it's a different 2.5% than it was prior to the pandemic. How is that 2.5% calculated? Is it based on the people that are currently filing for unemployment? So it, it's calculated off of a couple of monthly surveys that are done by the federal government. Uh, so we collaborate with uh, the uh, U.S. Department of Labor, specifically with the Bureau of Labor Statistics on publishing that data. They run the surveys. Um, states don't have any involvement in the surveys themselves. So they do two surveys each month. One is a household survey. So it's the household survey results that feed the labor force number and the unemployment rate. So they they have a uh, universe of individuals that they randomly sample Uh, For New Hampshire, that's about 1,400 households that they survey each month, um, and they inquire with those with the individuals in those households as to what their current status is. You know, are you working? Um, If not, um, are you um, have you actively searched for work in the last four weeks? Um, And then um, you get to if you have not, 
If you're not working, they'll ask a series of questions to try to find out more of the reasons for that. And then if you uh, have not actively been searching, they'll also ask a series of questions. They do a second survey um, of, of employers in the state as well called the Establishment Survey. And that um, gets at the numbers that we publish each month that shows the number of jobs in New Hampshire with New Hampshire-based employers. It, so, I mean, how do we end up with this 2.5% unemployment rate, but such a severe, obvious labor shortage? I mean, you go to, especially when you're looking as just a general consumer, going to restaurants, going to retail locations, they can't stay open. They completely reform it at hours, which you know has to have a severe issue to their bottom line, in addition to the tremendous inflation that's going on across the state, which is eating into their bottom line from that end of things, too. Like There, there doesn't seem to be any uh, peace when it comes to, uh, especially in the small business side of things. I mean, it, how does this make sense to you? Yeah, and, and, that's, and it's, a, it's a great question because you think, um, normally, if you're looking quickly at the unemployment rate, you see it at two and a half percent. You think everything must be going uh, very well um, across your economy. Um, but you've, you've hit upon some other issues here with, with certainly the big one of those being inflation and the impact that that's having on, on individuals. So when we look at that 2.5 percent unemployment rate, um, the initial take is that that indicates an incredibly tight labor market. So tightness in the labor market uh, generally uh, good for the job seeker, right? It's good for the worker because you have uh, the opportunity to move around, um, you know, find greener pastures or at least what you think are greener pastures. Um, we see a lot of that right now, not only New Hampshire, but we see that regionally and nationally. Um, but we also, um, when, you, when you look at that tightness, it's, it's just not good for the overall economy. Um, and the long-term um, um, ramifications of that are, are problematic. That's why you see um, efforts being made right now um, around supply chains um, and the demand that is out there and trying to slow that down and lessen that demand. Um, with, re with regard to that tightness, what we do know, though, is there is still some slack. And this is a very much a positive uh, for New Hampshire. There is still some slack in terms of the labor force in New Hampshire when we look at participation rates of particular groups and we compare that to their participation in the workforce prior to the pandemic. Two groups really stand out here um, in terms of where, where the slack is. Um, and um, another item with regard to that slack, when we look at the number of jobs in New Hampshire right now, we're almost back to the number of jobs that we had pre-pandemic. We're only about, we're less than 1% off from where we were pre-pandemic uh, private sector, about 3,300 jobs fewer right now in New Hampshire um, than we had prior to the pandemic. Um, so that is just about back to where we were. We expect we'll be back to that point and then growing beyond it, we'll be back there by this summer. Um, but when you look at our labor force, which is uh, based off that other survey we were just talking about, there is still a significant amount of slack in the labor force, which is a composite of both the employed and the unemployed. We're off by about 15,000 individuals in terms of total labor force right now compared to total labor force from February of 2020, just prior to the pandemic. And so where you, where you find 
um, that that um, uh, slack in the labor force for individuals not coming back, but private sector jobs having almost recovered and knowing that private sector with our growing number of employers here in the state has a lot more room to grow and jobs to be added, you know, can they find the workers here? And we feel they can. And we base that not just off of being optimistic, but when we look at the labor force participation rates um, across age cohorts, comparing to pre-pandemic, we see that our, our 20 some odd year olds have not come back to the labor force at the rates at which they participated prior to the pandemic. Real, and really keying in on those 25 to 29 year olds, their participation rate is off uh, by over 5% wow. uh, compared to where they were. Um, so that, that's a significant number of individuals um, who uh, for you know probably several reasons, and we can get into some of that for why they've been slow to return to the workforce, um, when they they do need to come back, they're not looking at retiring 40 years too early. Um, they do need to come back. Um, we want to make sure, obviously, they're coming back to a new, to a New Hampshire employer. Um, um, and there's several reasons why they haven't come back yet. So there's slack there in that age group. There's also slack in our 60 to 64-year-old age group. New Hampshire has traditionally depended upon individuals working um, well into their 60s. Um, New Hampshire's 60-year-old and plus population uh, tends to be healthier than counterparts in the rest of the country. They work longer. Um, we've seen that participation rate fall by over 6%. Um, reasons for that are different than our 20-year-olds. Uh, the 60 to 64-year-old bracket, those individuals have likely decided to retire two, three, four years earlier than previously planned. Pandemic caused that uh, partially but also looking at uh, retirement accounts, looking at home values that, you know, when they made that decision, uh, you know, at the end of 21, beginning of 22, those things looked a lot better than they do now, uh, right? You know, you're starting to see that, um, that tightness in the, the housing market, which eventually will affect prices with mortgage rates uh, continuing to go up. Um, some of the, uh, those investment accounts are now seeing the volatility in the stock market right now. So I think, and with inflation um, and that, uh, the impact that it has on everything you do each and every day, I think some of those individuals are probably second guessing that decision and they'll be coming back into the labor market as well. And I'd imagine a lot of those 60 somethings or late 50 somethings uh, were able to take advantage of early retirements provided by employers, right? Like the university system, for example, offered that extensively. Actually, all universities across the country ended up doing so that I'd imagine it, it also goes over to the other colleges here in the state. Yeah, that that actually that contributes to that. Absolutely. Continuing on education a little bit, I, I'd imagine some of these 20-somethings where you're seeing some slack is uh, many of them ended up going to get post-secondary degrees. It's a very – my full-time job is at the university system, so in the post-secondary sector of it. So we always see this uptick like post-2008. There's a reason why the recession took an extra four years for it to affect the, the law education market is because of that. Is, is that a good part of the prediction? Um, well, we, you know, we, we tried to do a lot with – our higher ed institutions in the state in reaching that population. Um, so um, we've been doing a lot of work, particularly with the community college system uh, here in the state on, on trying to reach not only their existing students that they have ongoing relationships with, but also those that have ended the relationship short of obtaining a certificate or finishing a degree program. Um, Cause we, we identify 
um, higher ed as being a key way to try to tap into that 25 to 29 year old group and, and the 20 to 24 year old group, obviously, uh, to reinforce for them um, the multitude of, prob- of, of uh, opportunities they have right now um, with the jobs that are available across all sectors. So we've been doing a lot of work um, and also with some of the programs the department has around providing supports for individuals to enroll in training and education and and for us to be able to pay for that, not in a, a loan type of capacity, but in a grant capacity where oh, these wow. dollars never have to be repaid. Um, so we've been trying to um, uh, build awareness and education around those programs uh, because the more we're able to skill up um, those individuals, uh, the better for our employers, the better for the state's economy. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of work in, 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 that, in that area particularly because of that labor force participation rate being so far off in that age group. And a lot of the, you need an education for so many of the jobs that are popping up in the state nowadays, especially where I've talked extensively with Jeff Feingold the New Hampshire Business Review around this. And you're seeing Manchester's exploding. The mill yard is just full of these technology companies and education uh, institutions that are moving in down there, VC firms that are uh, looking at consolidating, I think it was alumni VC, Sorry, I can't remember the exact name of the company, but you need to have that degree in order to even consider an entry level job at any of these places. Yeah. And particularly around in, in the IT type of occupational role, um, every sector is competing for that talent. Right. So it, you can't just isolate IT. Um, you need to really understand that there's an IT component in every sector, um, whether you're looking at banking, finance, uh, whether whether you're looking at uh, uh, manufacturing, um, there's all there's IT needs across all of those sectors right now, and they're all competing uh, for that talent. So, good time for you to either have that IT related credential or or be in the in uh, the works of trying to get that, uh, because the opportunities you have uh, are uh, you know like nothing else that uh, we've ever seen uh, for that particular uh, skill set. Are you seeing a lot of requirement for specialization in the information technology field where they're wanting people that have more server administration or database administration or specific application uh, specialization? Now, we, we see in, in terms of the, the job posting activity, uh, which we monitor, you, you do get to glean some of that with how they're describing those IT positions. Um, but it's, you know, it's the traditional IT roles that you continue to see, database administrator, um, in those types of IT roles. Um, some of that we're unable to really see from the, the posting activity. We know that the IT-related occupational postings are way up. Um, we also know that postings g- in general across all sectors are way up. You know, we, we're about you know, 40% higher posting rate than we had prior to the pandemic. Um, it's hard to believe um, that we've had that much of an increase uh, but yeah, and we, we're also, you know, with us, with those specialized activities too, um, you know, right now, uh, the way that the, the, the labor force is tight as it is, um, you're seeing employers being more willing to take on someone that is, is going to have some of those specialty areas, but has that foundation. Um, and they're going to be more willing to uh, provide access to the training that that type of individual is going to need to be able to do the exact a role and position that they're looking to fill. 
how much of an issue is uh, New Hampshire Employment Security having for concern around the housing situation in the state? I'd imagine that, uh, it, I'd imagine, I know it's an issue for many people that A, want to stay in the state coming out of these 20-somethings coming out of college, looking for a place to live, as well as importing more talent from across the country that may want to come here for all these great new jobs that are popping up that are reasonably paying jobs. But if you can't find a place to live, it, it makes it impossible for you to make that move. Yeah. And, you know, with, with, with the housing issue, it, it's one that's outside of what employment security is, is focused on and dealing with, but it certainly impacts everything we do as it does um, any uh, state agency having to do with, um, with the state's economy. You know, that's why, um, you know, it is, it's a real issue. It's a real issue across the state. It's an issue for em- employers as they continue to look to grow um, because they need to have, uh, uh, you know, housing that is affordable for their workforce within a communal distance. And that's difficult to find right now. Um, you know, that's why it was great to see, um, you know, the governor's initiative with a hundred million dollar invest NH uh, fund that was recently approved. Uh, uh, you know, that focus on getting um, uh, those units uh, that have uh, been started, they're under construction. They have some sort of gap in their financing could be due to the supply chain issues in the, pressures that creates on pricing of materials, um, but helping those projects get over the finish line and getting those units built and available. Um, you know, there's there's um, a one school of thought that the the more um, affordable housing that you have, um, then obviously the, the better from a workforce perspective. But we have such a dire need for housing right now that puts incredible pressure on our rental market um, the vacancy rate is, you know, less than one percent. People that are continuing to rent because they can't find homes to purchase, they put price pressures on uh, that rental market, driving up the cost uh, of those those monthly rental amounts. That prices out a lot of people who, um, you know, would be looking to get into the rental market. So really, getting any housing, getting more supply in um, to help with that problem is beneficial, uh, particularly right now. So, you know, more housing that you have, um, then it, it's going to provide some relief on the on the rental side. More units would be available, hopefully be more affordable, and it will help all those people. So really this invest NH $100 million investment is very, uh, is very timely, glad to see it approved, and hopeful that uh, we'll start seeing uh, some, some real um, um, impact from it with projects getting completed and those units coming online and being available. So I've, I've talked about this extensively in other programs with regards to the public health emergency and everything around that. What does the ending of the public health emergency mean for New Hampshire employment security? Because I'd imagine there's uh, various funding or pro- programmatic uh, things that are tied to it. Yeah, it's, and I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, a critical issue that employment security has been partnering with health and human, the State Department of Health and Human Services over the over the course of uh, uh, all of 2022, so over the, the last five months, um, so HHS administers a lot of those programs, providing um, additional supports during the public health emergency. Right, whether it be Medicaid, whether it be TANF, whether it be SNAP, uh, we also have the emergency rental assistance that's that has been a uh, an important. Um, a safeguard for individuals during this time period. Uh, we know that 
um, those um, uh, expanded roles, those those greater number of individuals that are on those programs, that it's going to come to an end at some point, and individuals are going to start losing a portion of those benefits that they've been able to receive during the pandemic. Our role in all of that and why we've been so uh, focused on working with health and human services is that we have some some great programs that provide assistance to people to pay for their education and training, pay employers to hire them um, to reduce the risk of an employer of, of onboarding someone who might not have that perfect skill set, might not be from a, um, a particular population that they've traditionally recruited from, but we have the dollars available to reduce that risk to try to convince the employers to hire more of those individuals. So we've been doing a lot of education and awareness, trying to make sure that anyone interacting with those um, individuals that are part of those programs, that they're aware of programs at employment security that can pay for training, education, pay for transportation uh, for them right now um, in order to access these jobs. So anyone who thinks that um, they don't have the financial ability to access the training needed or, or to access these employment opportunities is absolutely wrong. We have those resources for them. Anyone who is enrolled in Medicaid, SNAP, TANF, they are automatically eligible for programs we have in employment security. That carries with it a $6,500 per year uh, tuition education stipend that is, again, not a loan, it is a grant to that individual where we're paying that on their behalf. They never have to pay that back. They'll get that degree. They'll get that credential, um, make themselves available uh, for, uh, you know, to better participate in our economy. Um, it helps our employers. It helps those individuals. Multi-generational impact in that regard um, where, you know, helping those families. So it's, an, it's a critical issue. It's one that we've really been trying to have effective outreach and awareness and, and building that knowledge amongst those people. Um, and uh, we continue to do more and, and do as much as we can. So you can see that there's some passion behind this discussion, right? This is one of those that I, I um, am very uh, uh, strongly in my belief about the importance of the role that we play with facilitating that ability for people to better participate in our workforce. So um, we'll continue to push that as hard as we can. But at the end of the day, it's up to those individuals to take advantage of those programs. And if you have a family and, and you're in this situation, especially it's a reinforce what you said about it's multi-generational impact when you do this. If your family is able to go up the income ladder earlier, not have to suffer through unemployment and, and, and unable to – a difficult job search or anything like that, that affects your family as a whole. It affects your kid. There's a stress in the household. And to have these are, these programs available is a huge help. If people want to learn more specifically about these programs, where should they go? Yeah, so they w want to come to our website. They want to come to nhes.nh.gov. Um, the, the program that they want to learn more about is Work Now New Hampshire. Um, so they come onto our website um, and they can uh, learn more about it. There's contact information on our pages uh, for them to reach out to see, you know, to inquire whether they are eligible. We do that eligibility determination right away for that individual and, and if they are eligible. And again, not a difficult eligibility pyramid, right? If you are in Medicaid, if you are in SNAP, 
If you are in TANF, any one of those programs, you are automatically eligible. Once that uh, is determined, we get you in for a one-on-one appointment with a counselor. We're going to go through what your goals are. You know, are you an individual looking to reskill yourself into a, into a different sector? We'll help you access training and education. Or are you someone that's looking to stay within a sector that you have skills and you're just looking to connect with hiring employers? We'll get you right in there as well. So we have the people that can work with these individuals. We have the dollars. Um, now it's just a matter of making the uh, these uh, folks that are eligible making them aware and making them, them them aware of how easy a program this is and um, how beneficial this is for their their long-term prospects for really um, um, something that maybe they thought was out of reach in terms of a type of employment that they never thought they were going to have access to for because of financial issues. We can get them there. And it's just a matter of them coming in, learning a little bit more, and um, we'll we'll get things going and, and get them moving up that ladder. In the last couple of minutes here, I'd, I'd imagine there's a lot of forecasting that goes on with the employment market and the state unemployment side, as well as labor shortage and such. Uh, are we optimistic coming over the next couple of years that it's going to level out, or is there a lot of questioning as to whether uh, New Hampshire's labor force can transition? So, you know, we had uh, New Hampshire had um, uh, higher growth in our private sector labor market um, for 2021. We, we grew by over 4%. National uh, rate of growth was just over 3%. So New, New Hampshire had exceptional growth in our faster recovery, um, um, you know, faster than the rest of the Northeast. Um, you know, looking ahead, uh, I'm not an economist. I, I work with some great economists over here. Brian Gottlob, our director of our labor market bureau, uh, one of the leading voices in the state on on the state's economy. Um, you know, there are some uh, some headwinds to be concerned with um, with regard to international events, um, with regard to inflation right now. How that's going to continue to impact um, job growth in the state. So it will uh, obviously. Uh, slow down. Hopefully, uh, the federal government uh, can address the issue of inflation um, in a uh, meaningful way uh, so that we don't uh, start seeing any sort of um, uh, uh, indications of of entering into uh, any type of recession. Um, And then uh, those international events, uh, they do have impact here in New Hampshire, obviously. Um, So we continue to be very mindful of that. Um, as well as needing to be mindful of uh, this, uh, of, of COVID, right? Um, so continuing to watch that, uh, hopefully people continue to, to be smart in, in monitoring COVID levels and taking necessary precautions. But, um, you know, we, like everyone else, understand, you know, COVID's here, COVID's here to stay, and you got to get back to normal. Um, and you've got to, um, you know, determine for yourself the level of precaution you need to take um, but we need to kind of build that into the new normal going forward. So, so a lot to, to watch out for. Our labor force has, has rebounded um, stronger than uh, the rest of the country, stronger than other states here in the Northeast. And a great sign of things to come is the amount of uh, domestic state-to-state um, uh, net migration that New Hampshire enjoyed 
um, from, uh, you know, in 2020 into 2021, you know, New Hampshire had almost, we netted almost 14,000 individuals, um, uh, really, uh, individuals looking for less density, um, uh, Maine, Vermont also saw, uh, pretty sizable increases. Those are numbers that New Hampshire hasn't seen been since back in the, you know, the eighties and early nineties, uh, type of time period for in, in migration into the state. Um, that population, at least the New Hampshire portion of it, much younger than our other states. You know, we're looking at about 40% of that group is in the, tw- is in the 25 to 34 year old age group. Um, probably a lot of those folks are still working remote for their prior employers, but they've come and moved here to New Hampshire. Regardless of how much remote work is there, it's a benefit uh, to the New Hampshire economy. It's a benefit to New Hampshire employers because now that talent is closer um, and they can maybe better compete for it. So that's a great sign of things to come. Hopefully we'll continue to see those types of that type of growth. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be looking in the next few months to um, meet and exceed our pre-pandemic number of jobs in the private sector. Um, and then we'll get back into trend growth. Uh, that's at least what we're hoping. Get out of the big cities, come to New Hampshire. There's all sorts of jobs. Definitely. That's right. That. Richard Lavers, Deputy Commissioner for New Hampshire Employment Security. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, AJ, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks again. NHES.nh.gov. If you want to learn about any of their programs, highly suggest you check it out. If you're on the fence or unsure of any resources available by the state, please definitely hit them up and uh, take a look at the resources available on that site because they're there to help. You're listening to New England Take on WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirsten. We'll be right back after this.